0: The following is a presentation of the BellyUp Sports Media Network.
1: Hello everybody and welcome into another episode of Rising to the Occasion and happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas and of course in the into the new year, getting very close into the new year. And we're we're very excited for the what what twenty twenty four can bring to us, and we hope that all of you guys are excited as well and hopefully you have big plans for the holidays uh, whether it be gathering with your family which is most important or maybe you're just doing something fun maybe a vacation or something of the sort today we've got a lot to get to alright we're going to get back into the action we're going to talk about the NFL and everything that's happened this past week in the NFL for week 16 we're going to talk about teams who made their way into the playoffs teams who squeezed their way out of the playoffs and we're going to look at some of the teams that are the favorites and some of what they they were able to do this past Sunday a lot of upsets and a lot of crazy endings happening over this Christmas weekend so uh, first before we get into it, I'm going to bring in my co-host for, I guess, this morning to you guys since you're watching. Jeremy, how are we doing, man?
0: Doing pretty good. Then, um, just realizing that we're slowly getting to the end of NFL regular season here. Then it's it's a little bit heartbreaking, up to say the least. Probably speaking for. A lot of people, but obviously, thankfully, we have some other sports like hockey going on as well. Then we got a whole bunch of other stuff that we can obviously watch. I know there's going to be some good UFC fights that are be coming down the road. But, I mean, looking at this slate for you guys tonight, like Josh said, we're going to be recapping Week 16. Then there's a lot of games where we thought it was going to be one-sided. Then it was completely flip of the script. Then looking at this, going into the playoff time, this is definitely going to be a really big situation. But, Josh, I'm going to cut the chit chat and let's get rolling with it. Yeah, I mean
1: there's a lot to get to and unpack when it comes to all of this and everything that's going on Definitely. in the NFL especially getting closer to the playoffs. It's an exciting time of year. It's an mm-hmm. exciting time of year just overall because you know the NBA is finally starting to shape out to where you're seeing what what teams are, are, are actually showing up to be and then of course the playoffs about to happen in the NFL and then we've got bowl season almost into the, the playoffs wow, for fair. the college football mm-hmm. as well. So a lot of exciting times and a lot of exciting events but before we get too much further, I want to first mention our first sponsor and one that you'll see next to me just about every episode, uh, unless I just accidentally forget it. And that is Big Frig. Big Frig has not just the tumblers like these amazing tumblers that we use and they're so trusty and always keeping our drinks hot or cold, but they also have an amazing product in their coolers. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube in the overlay down below their coolers, that's Jeremy and I's favorite one. The one that we have the uh, camo on the Badlands coolers. Amazing products. And when you check out Big Frig and their amazing products over at bigfrig.com, you see everything that they give you, everything that they have. Uh, and they really are an amazing product. They're a product that you can compare to the other top brands and recognize that there's not too much of a difference. If anything, there's a lot of things that I like better about the Big Frig and, uh, and with their cooler compared to the competitors. I think that they bring a, a product to the table that really offers a lot when it comes to whether your tailgate or you're looking around for uh, maybe a late Christmas gift. I know we're past Christmas already, even though there's Christmas tree behind me because we're still in the season. Maybe you're going for a late gift or maybe there's a birthday coming up. Whatever the the case may be, Big Frig coolers are absolutely the best cooler on the market. Hands down, our favorites and the coolers that we will always go for, whether, like I said, be for tailgating or camping or hunting or whatever the case may be, you always want Big Frig coolers and tumblers. Uh, they're both amazing products. You can go check them out at bigfrig.com. That's B-I-G-F-R-I-G.com. And we've partnered up with them to give you an amazing deal on top of their great prices. You can use code rising220 for 20% off. That's risingto Two Zero for 20% off. So again, go to bigfrig.com, B-I-G-F-R-I-G.com and use code rising220 for 20% off. Let's get into the action and start off with the playoff picture right now as it stands uh, and just seeing everything that's going down into it. I'm just going to kind of go through a Week 16 recap, and we'll kind of get into how the playoff picture is shaping out to be through some of these big games and the, the big outcomes that happen. First, we're going to start off and back all the way up to last Thursday, mm-hmm. which is now going to be a week since this one's coming out. So looking uh, at, at last Thursday, and I mean, the Rams, they – give themselves a, a chance at the playoffs with a 30-22 win over the Saints. It's not a great chance, and it's not like they have a big chance to win the Super Bowl or anything, but every team wants to make the playoffs, and that's what the Rams did with this win. It was a big win for them, uh, and I wouldn't say a surprising win, but it was definitely a good performance from them, winning by eight points. They had a quick start. Uh, and then looking at Matthew Stafford, he had a really big game, a really strong arm getting them off to a fast start. He went th- 24 for, t- for 34, 328 yards, a couple of touchdowns through the air. And Puka Nakua, uh, hmm. not only just a, fi- a, a really fun – uh, a fun to name say. to say, but then also with his rookie season, he's fourth in the NFL with overall receiving yards. He had nine receptions, 164 yards, and a touchdown on the day last Thursday. Uh, And the Rams, the the biggest part, the the, the biggest shocker for me was not only the Saints kind of struggling on offense, but then the Rams defense being able to stand up and stop them. They shut down Alvin Alvin Kamara, only nine carries for 19 yards. He had five receptions, but only 16 yards Mm -hmm. receiving. So everything that they had, it just seemed like they couldn't get going on offense. They couldn't put together a sustaining drive. They couldn't put, you know, a complete quarter together. To keep up with the Rams, and I think the Rams did a really good job offensively, but the defense stood up in certain areas of the game that really helped them propel.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you should if your defense shuts down a player like Alvin Kamara, I call that a win already necessarily in my book. I mean, you look at Alvin I mean Kamara just for what he's done throughout his entire NFL career and it's been anything but I, I shouldn't say out of the ordinary, but it's been anything but bad, to say the least. I mean, Alvin Kamara, literally watching him play His ability to control his body and still just even... It's one thing to already just run fast, but it's another thing to run fast and catch the ball like we're used to seeing Alvin Kamara with that situation. But, really, going back to the Rams and their defensive stand, that is definitely a really big factor for going against a really good New Orleans Saints team. And, I mean... It's already one thing, like I said, about Kamara, But you get in this quarterback situation for them, and obviously keep flip flopping between Taysom Hill and their original starting quarterback. I mean, you have to realize and think that you got a lot more than what you really have to do here, just because you're used to seeing obviously Taysom Hill and using his legs and his mobility than seeing your other quarterback just being able to just being able to put a ball on a dime here. And for this perspective, it was definitely something that they had to take a lot of um, a lot of thinking to. But the Rams, they definitely just stick come out and they just played like you said right from the get-go and that's a big thing and talk about a rookie debut that's one heck of a way to have a debut season for Pukunukur I mean literally that's one thing it's one thing to just get Maybe a couple targets add you throughout this entire season, but he's definitely been one of those players to where he's been standing out, and we're definitely going to be calling his name a lot in the near future, Josh.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting, and then you know you add him over with Cooper Cup and the talent around that Rams, mm-hmm. uh, that Rams team just as a whole. I think just a few more pieces, and they start to piece some some small pieces together with young guys like that. Yeah, I think that can really help this team start to transition, and I think it's time for them to start to look to that transition because definitely. you can't you can't expect to kind of keep on going to these old guys like. Yeah. Matthew Stafford to keep on sticking around for too much longer. So it's really time for them. But with the Saints, do you think it's kind of time for them to transition away from Derek Carr? Or do you think he is the answer? Maybe they need to hold on to him a little longer. Maybe he just had a bad season. How are you feeling with Derek Carr right now in his, his, I guess, debut season with the Saints?
0: I mean, realistically, it's a debut season with the Saints. That's the big thing. I say hold on to him for a little bit longer, just because, like you said, it's a it's a debut season for Derek Carr, and we're obviously used to seeing the um the not the Rams but the Raiders Derek Carr last year. Then I think it, this is just a learning curve for him. Obviously, going to another new team, he's got to find the sweet spots for everybody, and obviously, Derek Carr's. He's a good quarterback. He's not the best quarterback, obviously, in the league. But I mean, you got obviously got to get the ball rolling here. But another thing that has definitely hurt Derek Carr, I think, in my personal opinion, is his injury problem. I mean, like you said, you can only you can only play so long without having so many injuries. And I mean, Derek Carr has definitely been, unfortunately, one of those people that have been having injury-prone situations. But realistically, I sincerely think give him. A couple more years at the most then they kind of go a little bit there but if it if it continues to be like this there might definitely be something to change here sooner than we really expect but for the most part keep Derek Carr and like I said if anything if you don't feel like Derek Carr is going to be the person like I said go to Tason Hill and just let him use his legs and just see what he can do necessarily yeah and it
1: was a four-year deal with him so I mean they, they definitely have some years to fulfill right. with, within the contract maybe use him for some trade bait somewhere down the line if you really need to but right. I don't know I've, I've said it since they got him He does seem like a good fit, but for one, I think injury prone to him and the entire team. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, with uh, Camaro was out part of the part of the beginning of the season for a suspension. But then he's had a little bit of bang ups here and there. And then, of course, with Chris Alave not being healthy all season, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at least the entirety of this season, he's had some good spurts and some good receiving, uh, you know, show outs, especially this being his first year in the league and seeing what he's able to do. Michael Thomas. Uh, he's he might as well just hang up his cleats. Yeah, might as well. So, just a lot of the guys around him have been injury prone. That's why I'm not going to take this season too seriously when it comes to Derek Carr. But I, I I've I've said it since the day he started with the saints i think he's a good quarterback not a great quarterback he's not going to propel this team into anything too great i didn't right. think they're going to make a playoff run right. to where that you know they're going to surprise everybody and, and make it you know as a number one seed or squeeze right. into the the playoffs and then make it to the super bowl or even the championship you know, conference championship game right. i just don't see that with Derek carr he's not that kind of a qb but going on another big time game we see the bills uh they increase their playoff odds uh and they have a big-time win, a 24-22 to 22 win against the Chargers, a very close win, but it was very big for them in the franchise going forward for this season. This game was much closer than it should have been when you look at the Chargers and everything that's happened with them kind of breaking apart and, of course, firing uh, Staley and, and kind of moving on from that, seeing what they're able to do going forward. We don't expect anything from the Chargers, but they've been a dumpster fire of a team this year. As a whole, and then adding to that with firing your head coach in midseason, uh, you know, just looking at, at the Bills, you know, uh, with, the, with this game, I think they should have won a lot bigger, mm-hmm. um, but they obviously went through Gabe Davis. Huge shout out to him. He had four receptions. Mm-hmm. On 130 yards uh, in a touchdown, which you know, 57 yard touchdown, which brought them to to where it was, they were up 10 to 7 at the time, uh, and so they they starts off that big momentum boost, gets them in the lead, and they pretty much held the lead the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gabe Gabe Davis, four receptions, 130 yards. The rest of the team. 14 receptions, 107 yards. That's how much of a game uh, you know, a game changer and a big difference maker he was with those big-time plays. I think Stephon Diggs draws a lot of the attention, mm-hmm. and Gabe Davis just sneaks up on everybody, even though we know that he's capable of this. Uh, a big-time win for the Bills, but do you expect them to win a little better than that whenever you're going against a dumpster fire like the Chargers?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we look at the Buffalo Bills, and we just think that, at least I think that, the like, they can easily run the table and run up the run up the score sheet but i mean if you're coming in games like this and getting it close to that kind of situation i'm sorry but that's not what i'm used to seeing with the buffalo bills i'm used to seeing like a like a 42 to 21 game or even like a 42 to 14 game in that situation but the buffalo bills they to me personally they just haven't seemed like the old Buffalo Bills that we've just been used to seeing. I mean, Josh Allen's still doing Josh Allen things, rolling out, making great plays. But at the end of the day, you also see Josh Allen rolling out, getting sacked, or making that unwanted, unnecessary pass that a lot of people see. And a lot of people, I guarantee you, a lot of people at home are probably saying like what well, we all do. Don't throw it. And what's he going to do? Throwing it, and it's going to cost him. It usually ends up as a pick. But, I mean, for the Buffalo Bills, they definitely do have a lot of um, – they have, they have a lot to get going here in this situation. And getting this close to the, to the end of the regular season, you can't be just cutting corners and barely squeeze by winning games here. You definitely have to rack up any points that you can sincerely get. I mean, I also do want to mention, like, I know obviously – there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about Demar Hamlin. I know we've seen him on the field just maybe like a handful of times, yeah, like a really but, short period. I yeah. think for one game. I know or there was. Like I can't remember who exactly the Buffalo Bills were playing, but they put him on defense. Mm-hmm. Then, um, I mean, it, obviously that was a big electrifying thing just to see Demar Hamlin after the horrifying situation that he had, and um, obviously. Uh, from all of us here and everybody, just keep staying healthy and just keep building yourself back up because we love seeing you on the field and we want to see you back on the field here in the future. But, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, they definitely they definitely have some room for improvement here and I don't necessarily know if you just got to spend some extra time in the in the film room or extra time in the weight room or whatever the case may be, the Buffalo Bills, they got some work to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at the Bills too, I mean, first of all, I, I think – with the shine that we saw from James Cook against Dallas, yeah. that was a big, big-time move for them. It something they needed was a big key playmaker, play especially at the running back position, Definitely. to help out with that run game. So that was really big for him. He had another decent game. I think he had something like 80 yards on this game. But, you know, adding him, but looking over Josh Allen, he's had a lot of criticism this year. He's had a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Do you think the criticism is... Uh, you know, do you think he's worthy of the criticism he's gotten or maybe not quite worthy because there's some outside things, of course, with the team, uh, you know, with some, some of the drama going on with, uh, you know, I know their offensive coordinator getting some heat and maybe he's yeah. a part of a lot of those turnovers. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, the offensive line not helping out in certain key, key moments or even just the running game not picking up and helping out. Uh, Do you you think that he's deserving of all of the criticism he's gotten?
0: I mean, a part of me wants to say yes, and a part of me wants to say no, just because the reason why I say yes is just because he is that guy to where if he makes a mistake, obviously he has to man up for it. Then, of course, being in the quarterback position, you're gonna, you're never going to hear the end of it. And obviously, just coming off the sideline, you're going to obviously need to go. Like, we'll be obviously seeing go to the tablet and just see what I could have potentially done different or talk with the coach and be like, okay, let's make some minor adjustments here, here, and here or whatever the situation is. But at the same time, like I said, for no, it's just because... Josh Allen, there's a lot of people that say Josh Allen's just the one man band in the, in the Buffalo Bills organization. But at the same time, I'm like, that is not true at all. But Josh Allen has weapons and he he has the opportunity to get them going just because I've seen a lot of times to where I'm thankful I bet on the Buffalo Bills just because they actually won me some money. But at the same time, like you're never going to hear the end of it, and going throughout this entire career, and obviously everybody in the big leagues is going to understand, you're going to have a lot of criticism going along with you down the road. But at the end of the day, like I said, you can't blame Josh Allen for everything, and at the situation at the time, it's not just himself. He's He's got a whole team that will stand up for him and say, that wasn't your fault at all, that was all me, them, Keep your head up. We'll get the next play. We'll get the next series going. Then we're going to find the back of the end zone. So realistically, there's a part of me, like I said, that wants to say yes and no. But at the end of the day, you just you just got to fight off the criticism and just keep going and just yeah. keeps driving.
1: And, and I think every every player is deserving of criticism yeah. somewhere. Yeah. There's something they've done wrong. No player is perfect. So I think, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I think he is deserving of some of the, the uh, kind criticism. of criticism and everything kind of pointing down towards him. But ultimately, maybe not everything – being put on him. He is one of those players still that's going to get the team back in the game and he's going to propel them and help them to victory. Whether it's a big-time big blowout that we've known the Bills to be able to do in the Mm -hmm. past few years or if it's a close-on like this against a bad team, he's going to help them get to the victory. But looking at a team that hardly anyone's really noticed and and really mentioned too much going in this far into the season is the Browns, a a team that I look at and a, a team that's really starting to put together something scary. Their defense is always something you're going to look at, especially with guys like Miles Garrett. Uh, And then uh, looking at the offense, going away from Deshaun Watson, since he elected not to come back this season because he's got the guaranteed money, why would he risk, uh, you know, a worse injury? and An injury that really, I I think a lot of people are kind of criticizing him over. He could have come back this season, but he elected not to, Uh, you know that's something that's I guess that's the reason why you don't offer that much guaranteed money. But now we see Joe Flacco, the man, the legend Joe Flacco coming back in for the Browns. So he comes in and I mean, the the Browns are, are they've kind of pushed it to the Texans. Out of the hunt, uh, you know, and and the Texans are kind of having a hard time get back getting back in to the hunt for the playoffs. And now the Browns looking really really good right now, sitting there with ten wins. Joe Flacco, this was just his fourth start with the Browns. He went twenty-seven to forty-two, not great on, on percentage wise, but three hundred and sixty-eight yards, three touchdowns, and then two interceptions to go along with those touchdowns. Not a great game, but a very good game, especially from a guy that's coming kind of off a little bit of a rust. And then Amari Cooper, man. 11 receptions, 265 yards, and a touchdown on re- receiving right now. He breaks a franchise record for receiving yards in a game, breaking Josh Gordon's record, who had 261 yards, a record that seemed very unbeatable. Yeah. Um, but Josh Gordon broke that record in two, for 261 yards against Jacksonville on December 1st in 2013. A very good receiver, and, and Josh Gordon, who, you know, it was one of those Break, you know, heartbreaking situations with him. He just couldn't get himself away from, you know, testing positive for drugs in his system, and you know, just can't keep himself in the league. And uh, but now Amari Cooper breaking that record with 265 yards in a single game, uh, an amazing performance by him and Joe Flacco, putting putting the the team on their back. Uh, and winning really a really good win against a really good Texans team who, you know, they, they're putting together a good defense. They've got young, young stars. Mm-hmm. And, of course, C.J. Stroud not being able to play in this game. I don't think he played uh, this game either. But, you know, with, with C.J. Stroud, uh, they've got a lot to look forward to in the future, and I think they can be proud of their team, even if they don't make the playoffs this year. But the Browns with a big-time win.
0: Dude, the Browns have definitely been... My, with Joe Flacco now at the Reigns, the Browns have definitely been the team, obviously, to watch out for, in my honest opinion. I mean, obviously, talking about going to the Browns, looking on their offensive side, like I said, with Joe Flacco, then this is a guy that was literally just Chilling at home, sitting on his couch like all of us do on a Sunday afternoon just watching football. Um, He didn't think he was ever going to get the phone call ever to play football again. And then all of a sudden, his phone finally rings and said, hey, you want to come play some football again? he's like, heck yeah, I'll come back in a heartbeat. Then looking at Joe Flacco now, literally he's just been – Proving a lot of haters wrong, like, okay, you sit out for God knows how long it's been since Joe Flacco's seen the field, and now he's coming back like he hasn't even left, in my honest opinion. I mean, Joe Flacco, he's definitely been putting up numbers then. Looking on the defensive side, even for the Cleveland Browns, obviously everyone knows about some guy named Miles Garrett. You always got to watch out for him, and just watching Miles Garrett play defense is Scary good just because we've obviously seen Miles Garrett just light up the stat sheet and just bring on the sacks and get your hands up on the defense just to bat the ball down in that situation. Then obviously, we're thankful we haven't seen any helmet situations, but um, that's a different story. But looking at the, the Cleveland Browns, or like you said, Josh, they're definitely been the team that you have to sincerely watch out for. And I, like I said, you get these guys in a role like they have been, I, I wouldn't be surprised if. Because what's their record looking like? right uh, now? I
1: believe they're they've got ten wins. If 10 I'm wins. if I'm if I'm correct, I
0: remember if they were nine or if they had nine wins or ten wins. But realistically, obviously, with the Browns situation, they keep this momentum rolling. They're definitely going to be making it far, and they're going to be making a lot of teams really question and think of what they're going to be doing for schemes and 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 for the Cleveland Browns organization compared to. Past years to where they've just been struggling to get through, then I mean, obviously, I'm gonna be a little bit biased. I've been a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and there's a lot of times to where there was obviously the battle of the Ohio team, which is going to be the better Ohio team this year. And obviously, with the unfortunate injuries that's been happening to Joe Burrow now with Jay Browning in the place, then with um Jamar Chase with the shoulder injury now, that that, that doesn't make it any better. Then, um, just looking at this, I honestly. I'm gonna be straight up with you. Cleveland's definitely the better Ohio team, in my honest opinion, right
1: now. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the the AFC North right now as a whole, because I mean, the 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 Bengals, yeah, the Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't look bad this year. I mean, Mm -hmm. they started off poor. I think the Bengals at least started off poor. The Steelers had kind of a, a bad little run. Here recently, but their their teams like man eight and seven uh, with with a chance to get ten wins really realistically uh, you you would yeah you would you would think with ten wins you know going ten and seven that's a pretty pretty good year if you were able to do that I don't think either these teams will but looking at the Browns on on their schedule left they have the Jets and the Bengals two teams that I think they have a very good chance of beating Mm -hmm. and so the fact that they have these two teams I mean they could end up going twelve and five. I mean, that's a really good season from yeah. Browns team that nobody saw getting this far. Uh, and and it, there really hasn't been a whole lot of buzz about them no. because of how, how good the Ravens have been. And we'll talk about them yeah. uh, later on. But yeah, it's, it's a Browns team that I think they could really shock a lot of people and making it into the playoffs. Definitely. But looking at the Seahawks now going forward to another big time game, the Seahawks with a 20 to 17 win over the Titans keeps them in the hunt for the playoffs they're sitting there looking really good with a really good stretch here uh, towards the back end of the season. They started off strong, had a really bad stretch. Now they're starting to turn it back around when it really matters the most, keeping themselves kind of in the hunt a little bit here with the playoffs. Um, But they have a 20 to 17 win over the Titans. Geno had a really good game with 227 yards and a couple of touchdowns through the air. Uh, And the performance of Tannehill made it very clear that Will Levis is the QB of the future for the Titans. Uh, you know, looking at what, what Tannehill did, he could, really didn't get any kind of momentum going in this game. He didn't have any kind of chemistry with his wide receivers. I just didn't see anything. And so Of course, with Will Levis out of an injury, I'm not sure if he'll even see the field this season, and I think it's probably best. They don't really have any chance of the playoffs or doing anything big in the playoffs, so might as well just keep him out, get him healthy, bring him in next year. So looking at, at what... Uh, you know, Tannehill did. I think it's obvious that Will Levis is the QB of the future for the Titans. But the the Seahawks, keeping their hopes alive for the playoffs, and one of those uh, again, another sneaky good team. That they're not a great team, but they're in the right division right now, where they could come out ahead. I mean, between them and the Rams, I think right now uh, they could they could come out ahead and be one of those sneaky good teams to make it in the playoffs. And you know who knows what they're what they're able to do if they're able to squeeze out a win somewhere against a team that they sh- they have no business beating
0: i know i mean we've talked about a lot of these teams that they have no business just playing uh, i just necessarily say playing but they have no necessary business just for in the situation to play that like, play like they are mm-hmm. and looking at this situation like you said For the Seattle Seahawks perspective, this could definitely be one of those rising moments to where they can just, like you said, sneak out of nowhere and then all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and then whoever is not in the playoffs, well, looks like you're going to be on the golf course and then hopefully have some bro stuff. But, I mean, looking at it realistically for the Tennessee Titans, I do necessarily agree with what Josh said. I think Will Levis is definitely going to be your next QB1 for the Tennessee Titans. To me, personally, watching him play, he has more more, um, give into the quarterback position. He's more um, he's more driven, in my opinion, just watching him play. And it's it's one thing just to see a quarterback just stand back in the pocket than just if you're going to take a sack, all right, I'm going to take a sack, but I'm not going to tuck the ball. You, t- you see a quarterback like that take a sack, and he's tucking the ball saving, like he's saving his life. And for Will Levis, if he has to use his legs, obviously he's going to use his legs. He's a more mobile quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, in my honest opinion. And looking at Will Levis' situation – like I said, to me, it just seems like he actually he wants to get that starting job, obviously, compared to Tannehill, who's been in the league for a long time. And I sincerely go back to what you said earlier. Is it a time for something new to happen, or is it time to just keep on the Tannehill train and just see how it's going to necessarily go? But in my perspective, I think it's time for a role reversal that Will Levis get that starting job and let him get a whole season's worth underneath his belt just because once that's once that gets underneath his belt, I can honestly say nothing but improvement here He's been a good quarterback We obviously saw that in college He was a really good quarterback for his position And I think realistically It's hard to obviously get off your trend For your normal starting quarterback That you've seen obviously go week in and week out Whether you had a good game or a bad game but I sincerely think it's time for something new, and I want to see Will Levis at the starting position.
1: Yeah, and it's it's very clear, it's very evident that the Titans want to move forward with him. Mm-hmm. Of course, the injury keeping him out, and right. I think it's I think it's, it's a good thing just to keep him out for the rest of the season yeah. too. Uh, it's just one of those situations where it's not really worth risking his health. Mm-hmm. But another team keeping their hopes alive uh, is the Falcons. The Falcons keeping their hopes alive for the playoffs. Uh, you know, a team that has really kind of been a dumpster fire for a while now, but the Falcons, uh, they have a 29 to 10 win over the Colts who have also been shockingly good this year. They're still a little bit in the hunt for, for the playoffs. and They don't seem like a team that they could really do a whole lot, but, Taylor Heineke steps in. He's a saving grace for Atlanta, a a guy that doesn't ever really show too much throughout an entire season, but he steps in. He's that backup quarterback that saves a team. Uh, it, It looks like he might be the guy to save the team and be the saving grace for Atlanta. He went 23 of 33, 229 yards, and a touchdown. And looking at the other side, Gardner Minshew, he didn't really seem like he could really find the end zone at all. Uh, He just struggled the entire game. Uh, Also another guy that just seems like he's better as a backup quarterback. But, you know, then we also look over at Jonathan Taylor back in for the Colts, and he just couldn't do anything. He he didn't look like he was full strength. It didn't look like he was really the Jonathan Taylor that we would expect, uh, you know, coming into this game. And, you know, really either of these teams – you know, really, are they really hoping for much out of the playoffs if the Falcons or the Colts make it to the playoffs? Because both of them are still in the look. Uh, they're still kind of in the hunt for the playoffs. Do either of them have many hopes for the playoffs if they if they do make it there?
0: To me personally, if you think you still have hopes to make it, I would give 110% effort instead of just trying to squeeze by and just say, okay, well, cool, we're actually here now. What the heck do we really do? Well, if
1: they do make it, the Colts or the Falcons, right? What are they going to do in the first round? <laughs> you yeah, know, well. they're going to come in as a bottom seed. Uh, the Colts have a little bit of a better chance making it not complete bottom seed, and maybe making it into something. Like, you know, and, second and, the bottom. And, yeah, and the... so so looking for a little better look into the playoffs. But I mean, either of these teams, do you expect them to make a good push in the playoffs? No,
0: realistically, <laughs> no. I wish I can say yes, but then I'd just be flat out lying to everybody. Just because, like you said, the best. I mean, we've looked on the perspective of Jonathan Taylor and. There is obviously the the incident that happened before that um, he, no one signed him, and we didn't necessarily know what he was going to do. And now obviously seeing Jonathan Taylor back in the field, he just – he to me personally, he just doesn't look like the old Jonathan Taylor that we're used to seeing. And, I mean, outside of even Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to mention another name. like I know he at least found the end zone the other night, but, I mean – E- Ezekiel Elliott is in the same perspective as me. We're not used to see, like we're used to seeing the Ezekiel Elliott from Dallas and then just mow people over, find the end zone, and stick his nose in the dirty, dirty things. But I mean, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I I don't know what you got to do to get better, but you definitely have to do it, and you have to do it soon. But, and I'm
1: I'm kind of wondering if maybe it's just a a want to maybe yeah, that's no. not there with this team he I'm just, just sure doesn't just have the motivation um and you know another thing that i think does hurt the colts a little bit right now of course with michael Pittman jr getting hurt yeah. uh, you know and that, and that nasty hit that's but a, you know that's, that's yeah I, that's that's definitely one thing that i think hurts their offense Losing a guy with For that kind sure. of talent. Definitely. But another team that we look at going forward throughout this Christmas weekend was the Lions with winning the NFC North. Mm-hmm. The Lions with a, a big 30 to 24 comeback against the, the Vikings. Mullins really kept the Vikings alive. He, he threw 411 yards but his four interceptions didn't help at all. Mm. Justin Jefferson, obviously the favorite target for the Vikings and for Nick Mullins with 141 yards and a touchdown, but that wasn't enough, Uh, and Jared Goff had just enough to kind of turn it on, Uh, and it just seemed like the whole team was really kind of propelling and and putting together a full game. That defense was just, you know, they, they stood up when it mattered the most. They're The kind of defense that you look for, in a team that's just good enough, and they're that bend-but-don't-break kind of defense. Uh, Over on the offense, though, Amon St. Brown, uh, he had 106 uh, receiving yards for a touchdown, or one one touchdown on the day as well. So looking at what he was able to do, I think he was the most outstanding offensive player when it comes down to it. But ultimately, I mean, the the Lions, the whole season, starting from the beginning of the season, they've looked like a very good team, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but I feel like their record makes them look better than they really are personally but ultimately they win the north they're going to be a number one seed for the you know or i guess maybe not a number one seed but they're they're the, the number one seed in the, the north. north uh so looking at that uh, what they were able to do in the nfc north and running the table there and especially doing it against the vikings who had a chance to kind of dethrone you and, and take over for that spot very slight chance but securing that number one in the nfc north uh, a big time win for the lions and i, I think this was the first time I I, 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 yeah, since the nineties that we've seen the lions and the Browns with a 10 win season. Yeah, So a couple of teams that are usually just kind of those dumpster fire teams, the teams that you don't expect to have too much going into their season. And they're, they're nobody good. Mm -hmm. And now they're shocking people and they're coming away with some really good seasons right now.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we talked about the Detroit lions here at the beginning of the year and we honestly thought that, they were going to be this kind of team to prove a lot of people wrong, and well, we were pretty—we were actually pretty accurate with that situation. And looking at the Detroit Lions, I mean, going going to playing against the Minnesota Vikings, they definitely had a lot of good perspective situations to where they can put up key plays and they, they can just find the right type of moments just to cut in front of the defenders and get the interception rates going. And that was definitely a really, really big thing for um, for the Detroit Lions, because. Just getting that momentum booster for the Detroit Lions situation, it's its such a big, big thing for that organization. Like Josh has said before, this is a team to where we're just used to them just being along for the ride and just mentally and physically just going out there week in, week out just to try and squeeze a win. But now you look at the Detroit Lions team, they're out there to make you pay, and they're doing nothing but putting the football down your throat and letting you know that we're here to mean business in this situation. And now looking at this playoff situation for the Detroit Lions, obviously I know we still have a little bit of time. Anything's possible, it could change, but not for the Detroit Lions situation. It's really, really cool to see a team like this Make the playoffs again and the same situation with the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns, both in this situation. It's really, really huge for this kind of team. It's definitely a big confidence boost just because like you said, we're used to seeing them just scraping the I wouldn't say scraping the bottom of the barrel, but we're used to see them not in this particular situation here. So it's really cool to see them keep striving and just keep going. I don't know I don't necessarily know if Megatron made an appearance for Detroit and said Listen, everyone. We need to do this, but no, be, they,
1: they don't need any more motivation yeah, motivational no. speakers outside of Dan Campbell. I yeah, mean, that, that the dude true. is just electric. I think he is absolutely the the the, the, the key playmaker in everything that's moving forward for the lions. And I think he's the reason and, and everything that they've, they've pieced together with the young talent they've put in. You got mm-hmm. guys like Aiden Hutchinson and other guys mm-hmm. in the defense too kind of piecing them together. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, I think adding a guy like David Montgomery helped a little big. bit, you know, with, with that. And of course, young guy, like a Demir Gibbs, I'm St. Brown. So all kinds of young pieces that they're piecing together are really good looking forward. But of course, we're very busy piecing together and going through and, and trying to pay attention to what's going on in the NFL but this holiday season is also a very busy time, and you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on your jam-packed days. Mm-hmm. That's where Factor comes into play. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you, f- and they can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, or dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy, healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos, uh, you know. You can cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with factor skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning up and get factors, ne- fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat it and it's ready to go. Uh, I ended up bringing one of the smoothies with me that they sent us. Um, and this is the first time I've tried the tropical fruit. I've tried the mango. That was probably my favorite one out of them that they gave us strawberry banana, another very good one. Um, but the tropical fruit I haven't tried. Have you tried the tropical fruit yet?
0: I have not. I've had the, um, I've done a lot of the protein ones. That I've I'm a coffee drinker, so that was my big thing in this perspective. But the cold brew one, that was my favorite one just because, like I said, I'm a big coffee drinker. Yes, then, that is my favorite yeah, on that man.
1: one. Uh, the uh, strawberry banana, yeah. very, very I'm good up, over I'm up try one again. On, on the protein shakes. Uh, yeah. they're, they're protein shakes, they're smoothies, all all three flavors that we've had, very good. Um, my wife loves the, let's see, which one was it that she had? She had, was it strawberry, strawberry banana? banana. So she had the strawberry banana. She likes that one. I think she'll like this one too. I'm going to have to give her the other one or at least give her a sip of this one. Maybe if I don't finish it by the end of the episode, <laughs> but very good stuff. Uh, and it's, it's very healthy for you. All of the meals. I, I just had the, the, what was it? The chicken bacon ranch shredded chicken bowl or something like that. I had that one the too. other day. And that was very, that good. was really good. Uh, and there was a
0: lot of seasoning in the chicken. That's a yes, big thing. And it
1: was so good. And they really are They're chef prepared. Mm-hmm. They're delivered to your door cold and ready for you to put in the fridge and you, you warm them up. All you got to do is pop a couple of holes in the in the film, put it in the microwave for two minutes. Or if you want to want it a little healthier, a better option, uh, it takes about seven minutes to pop it in the oven and warm it up. It's really good, guys. Uh, Factor meals. I had them in the past. Uh, I, I tried them in the past, and I loved them. So whenever they reached out to make a deal with us, I was all in for it. I, I really wanted to try them out again. And uh, you know, it's something that now that they've sponsored us again, it, it's kind of brought back. The reason why I liked them in the past, uh, for me traveling all the time, it's a very good way for me to pack one of those in my my lunchbox and take it with me on the road. And if I'm staying in a hotel room, I don't have to go out and eat, which is very bad for you, uh, but I can just pop that in the microwave in a hotel room and it's very good. And of course, I'm going to have to start bringing some protein shakes and smoothies with me as well. Uh, they're very good, but guys, uh, they're an amazing product. You can go to factormeals.com slash rising250. That's factormeals.com slash risingto G T O five zero and use code rising250 for 50% off.
0: Monumental.
1: So head over to factormeals.com slash rising250 and use that code rising250 and get 50% off. Again, that is rising250 at factormeals.com slash rising250. Get 50% off. An amazing deal. And guys, like I said, they're just so easy, so mm-hmm. quick to just pop them in the microwave. Or if you want a healthier option, pop it in the oven. And they're, they really are amazing meals. You will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I took that line from you. But
0: yeah. Welcome to it. But <laughs> no. Just to make you feel just to make myself feel better. You will not be disappointed, ladies
1: and gentlemen. Guys again go to com slash R I S I N G T O five zero or just click the link in the description. Mm-hmm. And again, use that code Rising two fifty. It not only gives you an amazing fifty percent off, but it also lets them know that we sent you yep. and it helps us out with our sponsorship over there. Thank you so much to Factor for reaching out and sponsoring this episode and our podcast as a whole. But Let's get into it. One that I'm very excited to talk about is Baker Mayfield in the Bucks. Oh, Baker buddy, Mayfield, we, we didn't go. get to talk to, uh, talk about his amazing performance the week before where he threw for 368 yards, something like that. An amazing performance. And seeing his comeback and what he's been able to do the last three games, he has just been on fire. Uh, I saw that he had, I think, eight Eight touchdowns, I think, and zero interceptions the last three games, looking very good. But Baker Mayfield in the cup, and the, sorry, the Bucks, uh, they they keep the first place. Uh, in the NFC South with a very good win, 30-12 to 12 over the Jags. Another really good team. And so seeing the, how they performed against this team, the defense overall. Uh, B- Baker Mayfield, 283 yards and two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns to Mike Evans who had 86 yards on the day. Uh, he's had an amazing season too. Very happy to see how this offense has been clicking, especially with Baker. It just seems like they've been working and progressing each week. And they finally found their rhythm these last three games on offense. Man, my mouth is is watering for so much from that smoothie. It's so good, uh, and, and I want some more of it, but I'm going to wait until you start talking so I don't take another break from talking. But this Bucks defense, they really kept the Jags from being able to run the ball. They only allowed 37 yards on the ground, an amazing performance by this defense, and of course Baker Mayfield in the offense. I'm going to hype up my guy, Bake. In fact, I, I did for, didn't even do this on purpose, but... I just brought this down so and got it out. Says on um, Baker Mayfield's draft jersey, you the know. Dog. Uh, yeah, that, that is the the Cleveland, but I only got it because of my man Baker. Uh, that actually totally was coincidental. I just realized I saw it behind me. Uh, I brought it down to hang it up in the studio whenever we get rid of the Christmas tree, which will be after the new year. So if you're wondering when I'm going to take it down, it's after I'm done with all my Christmas festivities. But anyways, the Bucks. Starting to look like a complete team. And even if they don't make a big run in the playoffs this year, which I don't expect them to, I think they have a very good chance at a 10-win season this year. And I'll pull up their their schedule while you're talking just to double check on that. But, uh, you know, a a very good chance at a 10-win season. And they're starting to piece it together, like I said, especially on the offensive side of the ball in these last three games and going forward where their first place in in the South, which NFC South is is a, a terrible division right now. But they're starting to look good and really controlling that first place spot right now.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about the talking about the Bucks. I mean, it, we we've talked about before and careers with this situation. God, put pieces of the puzzle together, and to me, realistically, this is those big time. They're finding these big pieces of the puzzle and they're just popping them together and just keep pulling everything out of the hat and just pulling up monumental stats. Obviously, with Baker Mayfield having the heck of a day, the heck of a last three games, realistically. And I mean, um, having that kind of... That kind of yardage in the last three games, and putting those kind of numbers up on the stat sheet, and putting touchdowns on the board—it's huge for a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. And obviously, a lot of people were saying this is going to be Baker Mayfield's make-or-break season for um, his career and just what he's going to be able to do in the NFL. Well, in my honest opinion, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best I've seen Baker Mayfield play this entire season, and just. Honestly, just with his career in the NFL, just because, like I said, there's been so much time, so where a lot of people, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, I was one of those people where I thought, Baker Mayfield, it's just, we love seeing you in the NFL, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be like what it is, obviously, for college. I know, obviously, we see a lot of people, we see a lot of quarterbacks. And just not not even quarterbacks, just any people that come from the college ranks to the NFL ranks. It's definitely a night and day significant difference that you have to play a lot quicker, <clears throat> a lot faster, and you gotta step up a lot compared to college. Now, like I said, going with Baker Mayfield, this is definitely a situation, Josh, that I'm I sincerely have to say, Baker Mayfield is playing balls out and he's just been throwing up unbelievable stats. And I really think if they can continue this drive I know a lot of people say that they won't you don't necessarily think that they'll make it far in the postseason I think they could at least make a good run in this kind of perspective for the situation.
1: Well, and, and they've they've handled their, their business pretty well in these last That's four amazing. games. And, and now finally adding a good team to that mix. I think the Jags, of course, have been kind of off and on. But they're good. Not a great team. They're not one of the top teams or anything like Trevor that. Trevor Lawrence
0: and, just had unfortunate events. Well, and, and,
1: and they've just had some injuries that have kind of held them back and things like definitely. that. So I'm, I'm, I'm still high on the Jags. I think they're a good team. But uh, you know, for a big time win over them, thirty to twelve, yeah. and Baker Mayfield, like I said, the last three games, no no turnovers, mm-hmm. and just looking so much better. I I, I guess I take that back. Uh, no interceptions. I think yeah. he did have one last week uh, but, against the Packers. I believe it was whenever uh, he, he got. He held onto the ball too long, got sacked, and fumbled it. Yep. Uh, and so that, that was one of those situations. But looking at what they've got left for the season, they've got the Saints and the Panthers, two games that they could very easily win. Definitely. going out with ten wins, better than what this what the Bucks had last season. So I think looking at that, I, I think that's that's a really big uh, a really big season. And, and of course, with Baker Mayfield coming into this season, he's had th- th- over three thousand five hundred ninety eight yards mm. this season. Uh, and then 26 t- uh, total touchdowns. He's just looking like he's settling into his role. He doesn't have all of the pressure that down there uh, that he had, starting off as a number one overall pick, and he's talked about that mm-hmm. in interviews. And so I'm, I'm really happy for Baker, yeah. uh, and I think he's finally starting to settle into that role, and it does look like they're very interested in bringing him back as their starting QB for next season, which, which is great. Yeah, I think that's that's a smart move, yeah, and definitely. I think that's a really good thing. So looking at the Bucks, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for them and what they're able to piece together going in because they've got a g- good defense. They've, mm-hmm. they've got what it takes on their defensive side of the ball when they're healthy. Right. So being able to put together a good defense with the offense rolling the way that they are, uh, and then, of course, obviously your number one uh, position, rolling really well and jiving really re- well with the rest of the team with that chemistry going, I think they've got a lot. Uh, Going forward, but let's jump over to the Dolphins. They secure their playoff spot, still sitting there at first in their division. Uh, They secure with a 20 to 22 win versus the Cowboys. Tua Tagovailoa had 293 yards and a touchdown—a very good day for him. Overall, nothing too much to complain about. Um, But then over on the other side, Dak threw for 253 yards and two touchdowns. He's been playing much cleaner, but. They just didn't piece together uh, what it what it took on defense. Uh, CD Lamb had a very good good day as well. I want to give him a shout out because he's a former Sooner. Uh, he's he's having a phenomenal season overall. Uh, he had six receptions, 118 yards, and a very long 49-yard reception that brought me back to kind of a nostalgic Oklahoma feel. You know, he he had that 49-yard reception where he's able to shake defenders and Mm -hmm. and dodge out of the way, and if you were to take a still frame where he's got all these these defenders around him, it looks like the old Oklahoma Ceedee lamb, and he's starting to shine even more in the league, becoming one of the best receivers, but the Cowboys not able to pull it off against the Dolphins. Do the Dolphins start to look like a more complete and better team here towards the end of the season
0: i think so i mean the dolphins they've definitely been they've been they've been rolling here in this sense of a situation but i mean thinking for the dolphins perspective obviously everyone was just really really concerned with what Tua was going to do obviously after last season having the unfortunate uh concussion protocols that he was always in and now obviously he's looked past that he's just trying to obviously get everything going in the right direction here in this situation for him and I know, obviously, he's got some really great weapons out. Obviously, some guy named Tyree Hill. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Or even some guy named, um, last name Waddle, like the duck. And, I mean, he just waddle, literally. Both, waddle, waddle, you know, waddle, waddle, waddle. And he waddled away. Waddle, waddle, that guy. <laughs> and, um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, looking at the Miami Dolphins, this is definitely a situation they are on the gas pedal, and this is the right time that they need to get on that gas pedal. I mean, you go against a good Dallas team, obviously, with Dak Prescott, he's been playing unbelievable this year. America's team, they've been saying that. Obviously, they've been saying that for forever now. But, I mean, America's team, they definitely got got shown up. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of situations to where we saw – Dallas had the ball, and they were just absolutely cruising. In the same situation for Miami, they had the ball, and they were giving it right back to the Dallas Cowboys. And looking at this perspective, they're definitely in this kind of a driver's seat where they can definitely get this momentum going. And like I said before, being this close to crunch time and keeping this ball rolling, they can definitely make some big improvement and make some good headway going into the postseason realistically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I I think they've just been looking like a better – Kind of more balanced offense yeah. uh, and keeping some of the mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. keeping away from some of the mistakes, yeah. and you know ultimately being able to win against the Cowboys too, who came in you know very hot the and have, they've Boys, been yeah. they've been hot all season long, yeah. uh, you know and having that big win over the Eagles and now uh, you know kind of falling here recently, but uh, the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins going into the postseason, this is a very good look for them Definitely. and they're starting to really make themselves feel like a front-runner kind of team. Uh, And who knows what that'll lead to in the offseason, but we'll talk more about them, I'm sure. Definitely. But let's go over to the Broncos because the Broncos lose. They They had a chance... At the playoffs, now they still have a very slight chance. Uh, I think it's something like eight percent last time I che- checked. Um, but you know, they they had a very good chance if they just went out. They came from one and five to turning around, where that you know they could make their way into the playoffs, possibly win the division over the Chiefs, which would be a huge victory for them. But now they lose in Broncos fashion, twenty six to twenty three against the Patriots, who have been absolutely terrible all season long. Uh, they have been, as Blake would say, booty cheeks. Uh, and so just you know they were but the Broncos, they were down by 16 points going into the fourth quarter, my family and I we were playing some games, went into the other room, played some games, played some cards uh, and, and had had a good night with each other. We came in in the second half when the you know into the fourth quarter, and I was like, wow, what the heck happened here you know because the Broncos seemed like they had everything in control in the first quarter. It seemed like they were the team that was gonna control the pace of the game. They were gonna keep ahead in this game going into the fourth quarter. The third quarter was all the Patriots, but the fourth quarter, they come back. uh, They were down 23 to seven. They come back uh, that 16 points with two touchdowns and two point point conversions on top of that uh, to tie it up 23 to 23. The Broncos get a stop on defense. And Russ reverts back to the sucky Russ that we've known in the past couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, they they go three and out. The Patriots drive down just far enough with a big time play to set them up for a field goal. Uh, They end up kicking the field goal. One second left on the clock. Broncos can't do anything with it. So the Broncos lose in Broncos fashion. 26 to 23 against the Patriots.
0: I'm to the point where I almost want to say what else is new. We've seen the Denver Broncos in that situation. We've really seen the Denver Broncos do so much of this where they just look good. Or not even look good. They look okay. And then they come back and tie it in this perspective. And then obviously we've all seen Russell Wilson play exceptionally well. I, I still say we're obviously not used to seeing, like, the Russell Wilson he was with in Seattle. We, I understand he, he'll he still run the ball when he has an open lane, when the pocket scrambles, and he can still make those good runs and good efforts to get a first down, and we can see Russell Wilson still making some key highlight plays. But at the end of the day, for the Denver Broncos situation, I, I understand you lost one of your key wide receivers. I can't remember if it was Cortland Sutton or if it was Jerry Judy, but... um I want to say it was, uh, I want to say it was Cortland Sutton. But looking at this perspective, you got to find that that remainder of gas in the tank and just play so much more physical than what you did from the first snap then to the very last minute of the game. And look at this game, the very first drive for the defense for the Denver Broncos. Mac Jones, not Mac Jones, but um, he, he rolls back in the pocket. Gets zappy. A, zappy. Yeah, Zappy. Yeah. There you go. He gets blown up, and the defense could have easily rolled in, but no. They get stopped on the two-yard line, and they couldn't even put – a touchdown, the ball. Yeah, that is they, they, is yeah,
1: they yeah, they get all the way down there, and they've they've done that so much where they just blow opportunities mm-hmm. that are right there for them. Really. Uh, and there's there's so many times where it's self inflicted wounds like mm-hmm. penalties. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's just really dumb stuff that just falls apart for them. And mm-hmm. uh, another shout out to another sooner Marvin Mims That's with a huge sure. yeah. huge uh, catch down there that was kind of reviewed, and I, I think it was a catch. I know that there's a little bit of controversy on it, right. but I think it did hit the ground, but it didn't alter the ball and alter whether he was going to catch it or anything. Right. So it was was a good good review and a good decision to keep it a catch but a, a big time catch for him so shout out to him um, to bring them back to that 23 to 23 but then of course like I said Russell Wilson just doing Russell Wilson things and losing the game not being able to to complete it uh you know Samaje Piran comes out wide open and it looked like he had a, a first down or at least very close to a first down if you're able to check it down to him mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson hits the offensive lineman you know yeah. or, or hits the line it just it just can't get it past to an open receiver. No, little things like that just kind of hurt you, and that's self inflicted wounds.
0: I understand. Like you have the you you have your saying, let's ride, baby. But um, at this situation, the only thing you're riding is the L train, <laughs> and you're just going to be finding yourself to just get on the golf course really quick if you keep playing in this situation. I was going to ask you for a sip of that, but um,
1: it's all gone now. Yeah, it's all uh, like gone. It's gone. very good, very good. Uh, and you probably heard me shaking it earlier too, yeah. while while I was off camera. But yeah. um, let's go over to the Chiefs what a disappointment the Chiefs have been recently and uh, I'm I'm kind of tired of the of, okay I, I, I'm I'm more tired of everyone being frustrated that they're showing Taylor Swift on TV I don't care if they're showing Taylor Swift on TV I think showing Taylor Swift on TV yeah it can get annoying making a big deal about her being on TV whatever can, can we just stop focusing on that and acting like that's any part of the problem uh, it's just simply that this offense can't Rhythm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes making bad decisions. The more, more than that, the receivers dropping passes that should be caught. Kadarius Tony, g- g- he needs to just get out of here, uh, and other receivers as well. Just been. Been dropping passes. They're not keeping things in, in their hands. The offense just has not looked good. Uh, even even Isaiah Pacheco did not have a good game. Um, you know, looking at this, it's at home in Her- Arrowhead Stadium, uh, and Nichols uh, on the Raiders defense, he gets a scoop and score uh, and the, a, a touchdown for the Raiders. Then the next drive, Jack Jones takes a 33 yard interception to the house to give the Raiders a 10 point lead, uh, and the Raiders shut down Pacheco to two. Point four rushing yards, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, yards per rush, two point four. That's Isaiah Pacheco, the dude that has just been absolutely on fire. Looks, I mean, with him being number ten, looks exactly like Tyreek Tyreek Hill out there because he's so squirrely and so fast. I don't think he's as fast, but very fast. Couldn't get anything going, Uh, and of course that fumble that you know really set them back. And the Chiefs' defense, I feel like they have to be very disappointed in a loss like this. Uh, and, and overall throughout the season and you know that they've got to be frustrated with the way that the offense has just not been able to put it together they uh, the defense only allowed 48 passing yards forcing Aiden O'Connell who came in as quarterback for the for the Raiders mm-hmm. uh he went nine for 21 and 48 when you when you count the, the sacks as well so I think he had 60 uh, 68 60, or something like 60, that 60, 60 yeah so he he uh, did not have a good game the defense was able to force them to just nine of 21. That, that's an amazing. And, you know, the defense only allowed two field goals mm-hmm. all game long. Six points, that's all the defense led up. The other 14 points were defensive oh, scores. Okay. So as the defense, they've got to be extremely frustrated because this is the best defense I think I've ever seen, seen in my lifetime with the, with the Chiefs. And the offense can't put it together, which is so unlike them, regardless of who they lost and who they have left on their, their squad. They have mm-hmm. got a very talented squad with just – Mahomes and Kelsey alone and then you add guys like Isaiah Pacheco and even Edwards Edward Clyde Edwards hilaire yeah. who they they piece together a very good offense but they just can't get it together uh, and like I said the defense has to be really frustrated
0: I if I'm gonna be completely honest with you. if I was the if I was the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs I would be so frustrated in this situation I mean you look at you look at what they're they've done obviously I mean looking at other defense you got a stellar lineup on their defense. I'm just going to list off one guy. And if you don't know, go to, go to your nearest computer or iPhone and just look up Chris Jones. If, if you see Chris Jones lined up in front of you, I would honestly crap my pants. Just because literally Chris Jones, he is a one-man wrecking crew. And you look at the defense outside of Chris Jones, they already got other monumental, big-name guys that they can absolutely blow you up. And they're, they may seem like a bigger, heavy-set guy, but I guarantee you they will run past you like you're standing still and you blink and you miss it. Now, this is another situation where I've talked about in the past that you see defensive defense has put up a really good stand like for Kansas City for what they've obviously done and now you hope to see their offense bring up the same um, same energy and just keep that momentum going well in this perspective for the Kansas City Chiefs it's just becoming a one-sided thing for the Kansas City Chiefs and that's just straight defense and I'm not used to seeing this for the Kansas City Chiefs organization and I obviously not anybody really can just because we've obviously seen we're used to seeing Kansas City just do unbelievable magic things, whether it's, like you said, Mahomes to Kelsey or Isaiah Pachenko using his unbelievable speed and skill just running down the field. But realistically, the Kansas City Chiefs, they just, I don't necessarily want to say they. it feels like they've thrown in a towel here, but they're definitely not playing to their full potential. And obviously, we've all seen videos floating around of Travis Kelsey just being absolutely upset and throwing his helmet and I, I don't necessarily blame him just because you see this kind of perspective here. I, he has the right to be pissed off, and I sincerely would be pissed off too if I was in his boat, but I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, this is definitely not what we're used to seeing, and I know obviously with the Kansas City Chiefs coming up against the, um, against the Cincinnati Bengals here on New Year's Eve, now before um, all the, the, the hullabaloo with Uh, Kansas City and what they've been doing, I was first thinking, well, this is going to be an absolute blow. It still easily could be. But now with what Kansas City has definitely been doing, I I still have a little bit favor of Kansas City, obviously, just because of what the situation is for the Bengals with not having Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase if he does play. But I realistically think they're just going to keep him out for the rest of the year, just get him healthy. And I... I honestly think this could easily be a 50-50 game here now looking at it just because like I said with what Kansas City's done and Cincinnati they're still there but it's definitely not what we're used to seeing for the Bengals. So I'm I, as much as I'm used to picking the Chiefs in this perspective, I'm honestly picking the Cincinnati Bengals to win on New Year's Eve night in yeah. Arrowhead.
1: It's going to be a fun one, uh, you know, and, and looking at that game, that's that's this upcoming game and then of course you've got the Chargers right after that so I mean it's two games that you look at the Chiefs should be able to and as, as much as you said the Chiefs the Kansas City Chiefs all I heard was the Kansas City Cheeks yeah. so <laughs> just looking at this team well uh, yeah I mean just not a great team this year no. overall and everything that they've done no. uh, it's, it's just been really embarrassing to see them and, and and Patrick Mahomes throwing 14 interceptions this year is just Unheard unlike of. him uh, and it, it's he hasn't been the same, uh, and of course, a lot of that doesn't fall on him. It goes on his receivers uh, for dropping the balls and, and things like that, of course, but just overall, the offense can't get anything rolling. But let's go over to the Eagles, uh, the other Super Bowl team from last year. The Eagles bounce back, sort of, uh, with a 33-25 to 25 win over the Giants. They started off uh, you know, in, in a game that you really expect the Eagles to look like the Eagles again, and they started off that way. They started off looking very good. I know Calcaterra had a, a big play where Jalen Hurts was about to get sacked and chucked one down to him, and he had a big play where he was able to roll out of some coverage, make it down for a first down, leads them down the field for uh, you know a, a big-time score. You know, to really give them a big lead in this game. But then there was just certain things like a pick six from Jalen Hurts uh, that hurt them and a few other uh, just key mistakes where the Giants started to make their their comeback um, and, and just a lot of sloppy plays by the Eagles. But DeAndre Swift, I think he helps propel the Eagles with his performance overall, uh, especially late in the game. He had 92 yards and that five-yard touchdown towards the end in the fourth quarter, uh, that, that really helped boost them, and of course, after that just nothing really going on either side. So seeing the Eagles, they're able to bounce back. Uh, it, it's good for them, and they have a very good chance of, of keeping that first place uh, again there in the NFC for them. And, you know, and, and seeing what where they're they're at, I mean, they have a very good chance uh, of sticking this where they're at. Uh, and then, of course, the 49 are still looking like they're going to be the favorite in the NFC. But the Eagles, uh, do you think they make a better run when it gets to playoff time and they're, they're going to start fighting a little harder?
0: I think so, and I, I don't necessarily know if they heard – us call them frauds or (laughs) whatever the situation is. But, I mean, looking for the Philadelphia Eagles, this is definitely, they're back on, I wouldn't say they're fully back on their trend and just normally getting back into their good rhythm, but there's still obviously some room for improvement here. I know, obviously, first things first, if you can't stop the tush push, I don't know what to tell you here. But, I mean, looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, I know, like you obviously said, Josh, at the beginning of the year, they slips absolutely dominant, and lights out. Then, once that first one, found, first loss, finally broke out, we first thought, okay, are they going to bounce back from this really heavily, or are they just gonna, are they just gonna keep trying to squeeze by wins and just make their way strongly into the postseason? But looking at the Philadelphia Eagles after this last game, I sincerely think that this is definitely a big confidence booster for the Philadelphia Eagles, and just getting. Just getting on top of their game again is definitely a big momentum booster. But I know, obviously, going against the New York Giants in this situation, this was definitely one of those games to where we just immediately thought that this was just going to be a landslide game. Then I'm not going to lie the the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley they definitely they definitely showed up and played their full potential in this this uh, this perci- per- particular situation. I can't even talk. But um, looking at this going it it was going to go down to the last play obviously with um philadelphia getting the pick in the end zone to secure the win it was definitely turning out to be a really really fun game in this situation but realistically i think the philadelphia eagles this is definitely the big the confidence boost that they needed and they just need to keep keep that mindset and just keep dominating the tush push and then they should be okay yeah
1: and, and you end the season in a, a very good note if you can close out you've got the Cardinals and then the Giants again at the end yep. of the season so you can close it out with a good note I think this defense is going to have to improve a lot Definitely. if they're going to win especially when you start to think of teams that they're going to have to go against yeah. in the playoffs getting past, like I said getting past the, the 49ers I think mm-hmm. that's the, the toughest feat that they're going to have going into the playoffs and of course you don't want to lose to the Cowboys again if that's another rematch yeah. so you know did, what, who they match up against is one thing but going into it the the favorites uh, the Ravens they're, they've really pushed themselves, and they become the clear Super Bowl favorites overall uh, and, and their win against the 49ers. They won 33-19 to 19 and just looked absolutely dominant in every facet of the game. Looking at this Ravens D, they forced four interceptions in the first half, and Lamar had 252 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns, and helped out with, and with his legs when it mattered the most. I know right there towards the end of the half to go down and, and get uh, downfield and run the ball whenever they set up for a field goal to go into the halftime, uh, in spite of having four interceptions for this Ravens team in the first half alone, too, it was a very close game in the, in the beginning of the first half, or I guess at the end of the first half. Yeah. And, you know, of course, looking around at the Ravens, I think that second half was obviously the the boost to give them this big-time win. But looking at Zay Flowers and what he's been able to do this season, his amazing season continued. He had 72 yards uh, and a touchdown. And you can tell that their game-planning, to involve him. Their game plan revolves around involving around involving him in the game somehow and they they work him in a lot of different ways. And um, so he's had a really good season, but overall just this Ravens defense, they were just better than the 49ers defense, which is really shocking and this could be the the favorite for the matchup in the Super Bowl definitely. going into the season.
0: I'm all I'm going to say is yes, this could definitely be the favorite for the Super Bowl matchup, but if it is the San Francisco 49ers have got to play a lot better in this perspective. But I mean, talking about the Baltimore Ravens to begin with, obviously we've mentioned before, you got to keep Lamar Jackson inside the pocket. And if you let him use his legs, it's going to be scary for this outcome. And obviously we saw the San Francisco defense allow um, Lamar Jackson in some perspective to roll out and just let him use his legs and, a lot of the times, they obviously turned into a lot of positive yardage and finding that way to go north-south instead of east and west too much. Then well, there was a lot of times where when he did get to break out, he obviously got the first down and a lot more. Then also, yeah, I also think for this perspective, the Baltimore Ravens are doing this on Matt Andrews. And that was – I'm sorry. That was – um that was – Lamar Jackson's go-to target for the Baltimore Ravens and they're finding and
1: likely stepping in for him showing Showing. up in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. Especially here towards the end of the season. But I I think the Ravens are obviously the favorites when it comes down to it right now, the way that they handle the 49ers. Yeah. So I think the 49ers, they didn't have a good game. And I think there was definitely some things like batted balls up in the air. And there was one that was a drop that really, uh, or there, there was another that if I, if I remember correctly, Uh, And I might be mixing this up with another game where there was a receiver that slipped and he he didn't get to the ball in time oh no that was the that jalen was hurts, the uh, hurts pick six yep. um but you know there was there was definitely some dropped passes that turn into you know deflections for brock Purdy. so just not a good game and yeah. starting off the first first half that way with four interceptions mm-hmm. not the way you want to start but look at the afc right now so far you have the ravens and the dolphins locked in you've got some other teams like the chiefs and jaguars and browns right behind them uh and and really i guess ahead of the jaguars uh is even the bills sitting there at 87 percent uh, chance to Get in. And then for some teams that are on the bubble, uh, just barely looking in, you've got the Texans who have a slight chance, the Steelers, a very slight chance. Um, But really, the Texans are probably the most on the bubble, have the most chance uh, to get in if they're able to win out. Yeah. Which would be really huge for them in this first season with such a young team. And then on the NFC, you've got the Niners, Lions, And Eagles all locked in right now and then also the Cowboys sorry Uh, and so you've got all of them locked in right behind them Uh, pretty certain that they're going to uh, make it in is the Buccaneers as long as they can win out which is very possible like we mentioned and then bubble teams kind of looking on the outside right now are the Vikings, Falcons, Packers Uh, you know really I feel like the Vikings or the Packers are the two teams that have the most chance but very slight chance because it just looks like the Seahawks the Rams are just right there on the outside looking in on the hunt if anyone else is, is going to get in, it would be one of those teams. But yeah, you know, looking at it right now, I mean, at the, the playoff picture is starting to shape up and you're starting to see teams fill those slots. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting coming down to the end of the season.
0: This is definitely going to be a fun last couple weeks of the NFL regular season just because obviously – Everybody wants to make the playoffs, but they won't have so many selective spots. So the, I think this these last two weeks are definitely going to be the, the the time where you see everybody playing to their full potential, and you're going to possibly see some big upsets here, I realistically think, Josh. But yeah. anything's possible here in the last couple of weeks. And then hopefully there's some teams that can bounce – back and somehow managed to make the playoffs but at the end of the day whoever makes the playoffs congratulations to you guys for making the playoffs and whoever makes it to the super bowl obviously same thing congratulations that's a big milestone then whoever gets it done congrats obviously if you didn't get the trend
1: that's but, that's that's the the main goal and i think that's what we're getting closer to yeah. it's it's really exciting get down getting down to the end of the season but yeah. guys we thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you for watching and sticking with us. Make sure to hit that like button. That's a great way to help us over and help beat the algorithm. You can also comment down below another amazing program, way. Guys. Yeah, we love to, to be able to read those comments. Uh, as ignorant as they may be sometimes, we love to read those comments. But uh, please comment down below and give us a little share if you will. Go ahead and share this on social media or wherever you share it with your friends, your family. Uh, and you can always follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, x formerly known as twitter TikTok, all that fun stuff so go follow us on there and show us some love and support over there as well and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts you can give us a five-star review that's the best way to help us on those platforms and if your platform doesn't have a review button you can go over to our website rising2.com that's r-i-s-i-n-g-t-o.com and give us a review over there as well well thank you all so much for all of your love and support until next time